Mark, I'll give you a cue here. MMM Agency 100 Studio Sessions. Imray Health. Okay, we're rolling. Hi, this is Mark Iskowitz. I'm editor-at-large for MMM, and I'm super excited for you to plug into this episode of A100 Studio Sessions, a new podcast series which gives members of the MMM Agency 100 list an opportunity to riff on what sets them apart. In this episode, we're focusing on the agency Imre Health. I'm delighted to be joined by two Imre Execs, Anna Kodis, President, and Brian Simmons, Chief Growth Officer. Anna and Brian, welcome to MMM Studio Sessions. Happy Friday. <laughs> you as well. Thank you. Excited to be here. Happy, uh, happy Feel Good Friday. Thanks so much. Uh, in this conversation, we'll dive under the hood of this 30-year-old indie agency, uh, hear more about its cultural ethos and how it holds its own relative to some of the mainstay network-owned agencies, specifically by winning bigger ads and uh, bigger briefs from pharma brands. Uh, so without further ado, uh, let's just get into it here. As we said, this is the agency's 30-year anniversary milestone. So taking a quick look back and a look forward, uh, I wanted to ask you, Brian, as you've been there for about six years, what stands out as the most proud moments uh, that's kind of cementing your legacy there from your perspective? Yeah, you know, um, thank you, Mark. It's it's super exciting because I think when you think about the last six years and kind of the trajectory of Emory Health, it sort of started with six people. Um, within the agency, and I think really looking at sort of the equities that the agency held in the consumer marketing space, and how you know a lot of people with with knowledge of um, healthcare and pharmaceuticals and life sciences brands could sort of you know bring an outside perspective to pharma. So I think a lot of uh, what's what's been really fun and sort of a, a, a fun ride to be a part of is kind of figuring out how some of these sort of outside-in perspectives and, and staying close to culture, but then bringing in ex- experts that understand therapeutic categories and how to work within, you know, large and small life sciences and pharma brands. It's been a, it, it's been a real treat just to see how we can, uh, you know, sort of disrupt the conventions of life sciences marketing. Speaking of disruption, Anna, you joined uh, about a year and a half ago. Give, give us your take on that. Well, it, yeah, thanks, Mark. I think the the inside out is the perspective that I would brought to the table, right? So um, having worked on client-side accounts and also being sort of at the epicenter of, you know, everything that was happening more from the transition moment of helping brands figure out their go-to-market, their brand positioning. So that, that has been a huge part of what has evolved our ability to compete for some of these bigger at-bat assignments is really understanding that inside-out perspective and marrying that with the outside-in perspective that came from exactly what Brian alluded to earlier in terms of how do we find inspiration from outside of healthcare into healthcare. Um, and that continued trajectory of combining the two is the magic. That's the magic that many clients have asked us to bring to the conversation for them um, in helping them make sure that they are able to check the box on the basics of what's going to make them successful in the marketplace, but then also pushing them to think differently about how do they think about that engagement opportunity? How do they take risks about showing up in channels that maybe they haven't shown up in before to really, really solidify a modern experience for customers that um, 
helps us stand out as an agency partner and also helps them stand out as marketeers in the healthcare space and doing something different. Sure. Can you elaborate just for a sec, Anna, like what, what you mean by that outside in perspective? Like where, from where do you draw that outside healthcare perspective? Well, we have the pleasure of partnering with so many clients in the consumer space, whether it's uh, Clients like Infinity Automotive and John Deere and Steel and, you know, even in the what I'd call the wellness space with Bausch and Loam. So those client opportunities really help push us to be at the epicenter of what it means to create meaningful engagement, whether that's engagement in an experience that we're putting together, right? Or engagement as it relates to different ways of um, accessing influencer marketing or other aspects of what, you know, really have been um, key ways of personifying and building those experiences on the consumer side and then bringing that into the healthcare space where at the end of the day, we're all people. We want to be, you know, engaged and, and, and talk to in a tonality, in a format that um, continues to tap into what we are experiencing outside our healthcare conversations. And that really, really has been a huge part of our success story in helping our healthcare clients understand how do they build those differentiated experiences um, from the outside in and then from the inside out. How do you stay compliant to bringing those different types of experiences, knowing how to get things approved within the constraints of what is the reality of of appropriate compliant communication for uh, what our you know healthcare clients expect us to uphold and help them stay within the lanes of what is okay to do, but also push them concurrently. Sure. And, and you've obviously got years of experience on both the client side and pharma uh, and the agency side. Um, and just to clarify, MRay, as we said, three decades in the business, but the health practice is coming up on a, a decade in business, right? Talk about the upper tra- trajectory for that vertical and you know more about what's driving the growth there and, and how you seek to sustain that momentum. Yeah, I think um, you know, Mark. It's it's interesting because I, I I like to say I've been now been here collectively ten years. I was here for a bit, boomeranged back, and I think you know just even over the last twelve to eighteen months, what we're what we're seeing more is um, you know social and digital was sort of a, a, a differentiated place as, as Anna was sharing that that I think you know kind of gave us an opportunity to to show what we can do from an innovation perspective. But I think now. You know, a lot of brands need to be very digitally led or digitally native in terms of how they go to market. And so we're getting invited into full DTC, HCP, AOR briefs. Um, and I would say what we're also seeing in that mix is a big, uh, what I call like a return to earned. I think there's a lot of, you know, advertising vehicles out there, but I think earned marketing and the ways that you can tell stories and craft ideas and really sort of get into you know, different marketing vehicles that earn attention is where we're getting a lot of gravity. So I think sort of the power of earned, the power of creativity, and the power of digital are really sort of sitting at the forefront of these clients that, I've, that I believe have a high threshold for innovation and you know, are finding new ways to you know, stand out, whether it's to physicians, patients, or caregivers across the care continuum. I've heard about earned media, Brian. What do you mean by earned in the, in the, in the context of marketing? Yeah. So, I mean, I think like historically, it'd, it'd probably be most analogous to PR. But I think sometimes there can be a perception that, you know, PR is just very heavily media relations. And I think what we're looking at 
is, you know, where are the, the places and spaces that people are showing up? And that could be on TikTok. That could be on uh, out-of-home, out you know, vehicles. We know physicians spend a lot of time, you know, in continuing med ed and congresses and things like that. So I think we're trying to find those places where, you know, it's not necessarily paid media that's driving the story, but instead the insight and the ideas um, that are, you know, crafting uh, the narrative. And then we're, we're partnering with, you know, our paid media team, our analytics team to try to figure out, you know, what's the best way to amplify those ideas and sort of make sure every dollar can stretch further. Mm -hmm. Sure. Anna, you want to build on that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's not, of course, there's the modern ecosystem that we're talking about, whether it's how you earn attention, how do you measure and put right content in front of the right audience at the right time and capturing that, that right momentum. Um, is a huge part of what our clients are expecting of us. And we continue to show up in ways that surprises them in terms of what's possible and also how to make them even smarter in a fit-for-purpose way, depending on where they are, st you know, standing up their digital ecosystem and tech stack. That's a huge part of what we're doing every single day. I think the other part of it really is coming to the table with people that understand therapeutic area expertise and what is happening contextually in the minds of, you know, again, we have reconstructed how we organize our agency on the healthcare side through this therapeutic area model because we believe in the very foundational basic of the person who knows the customer wins in marketing. So at the end of the day, if you have the confluence of both customer insight and understanding of the larger dynamics that is facing that therapeutic area's key target healthcare provider, the expanded network of care, what that you know patient perspective is going to be, and you combine that with the analytics and the uh, just big picture thinking of what's possible to earn that attention. This is where we see our clients winning and taking some risks on some new ways of going to market, but also balancing that with really understanding what's going to be an authentic engagement opportunity because you really understand both sides of that equation. From the top down, what is the customer's dealing with how do you understand the tensions, how do you understand the interactivity of key stakeholders in terms of their importance along that trajectory of, of their day, right? At what point are they interacting with their nurse? At what point is, is that nurse interacting with the patient? At what point do we intervene with programmatic ideas that can transcend those moments? And then also thinking, how do you earn their attention? How do you combine that with a, an experience that really starts to help differentiate what, you know, we think, you know, traditional pharma was not able to do. And now we're able to do it more and more in a very organic and wonderful way, um, which has earned a lot of attention and helps our clients really, at the end of the day, helps our clients feel um, like they're making a difference for what they're signing up to do in healthcare. Because ultimately, that's why you're in this game. And my, from my perspective, you could be a marketer in any category, you're a marketer in healthcare, because you want to make a difference and, and that that comes through loud and clear as we see the results we get to see in some of the programs. Sure. And that helps you uh, sort of uh, build out your relationships with your clients too. talk about it. If you would, the uh, stable of long-term clients that you have there at Emory and uh, a little bit more perhaps about how you, um, you know, 
keep keep those uh, relationships vibrant. Yeah. Well, you know, we've got clients that have been with us for 15 years and longer, which is incredible. I've been coming from other agency ecosystems, like, wow, 15 years, that's a long time to keep a relationship going. So we're really proud of that. And the other interesting data point, if I can go there, is, you know, they bring us along for their journey. So even when marketers leave brands, they tend to be our clients for a long time. So they, they become Emory fans mm-hmm. and they bring us along to their next. And so we have longstanding relationships. I think the metric is something like nine years is the average length of engagement with any client stakeholder that, that we're super proud of. And that is based on a foundation of doing a couple of things authentically. Authentically showing up for them as a partner that is willing to just stop saying no and start figuring out how can we and being open to that conversation each and every single day, because that also helps us compete, right? We hear a lot about our clients that our teams are just easy to work with. We, we embrace this you know, mindset of put yourself in your client's shoes and approach the conversation with empathy. And that unlocks, okay, here is how we can support you in ways that perhaps they don't get from other agency partners. I also think a huge part of our differentiation is how we support our people. We take good care of our people. We understand that, you know, no one's going to show up at their best if they are feeling burnt out, if they're not working in an environment where they feel supported. So a huge part of our ethos is bringing your authentic self to work, making sure that our talent feels supported through, you know, mind and body benefits and ways of creating time away from work. So again, that client is experiencing a partner on the other side that is energized, that is empowered, and is driven to really just build and find, get beyond the barrier of, oh no, we always do it this way. This is our way of working to, okay, I understand your problem. Let's work together to figure out how can we, how might we um, approach a really tight timeline or approach a really difficult MLR conversation, which, you know, I think at the end of the day speaks volumes to how they feel good about bringing us along and back to where we started the conversation, bring us along for their next assignment, right? Makes them successful, sure. makes us successful and really builds that that circle of trust. Yeah, absolutely. Taking care of your people definitely has uh, benefits on the client side. Brian, you want to build on that? Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think it definitely, I mean, it's a people-based business, right? It's all about relationships. And I think from a, from a growth perspective, one thing we also, and Anna and I talk about this a lot, is, you know, we shouldn't have to wait until an RFP or a pitch or some kind of vehicle of that kind is when we're coming up with new ideas. I think like we always, we kind of always tell ourselves like, where can we be proactive? And, you know, what are the right types of opportunities to sort of like open the client's eyes to either different services that we offer or bring in, bring in different team members that can just sort of layer in sometimes that outside in perspective, somebody who might not touch the brand or people that have been very close to the category for a while, but it's, it, they just weren't working on that brand prescriptively. So I think our approach to, and, you know, in the spirit of those long-term relationships is how can we continue to show up in the way that we would in a new business pitch, but well before one of those vehicles comes about. Sure. Let's switch gears for a second. Talk about the agency landscape. Uh, seems to be going through a period of flux, especially coming out of COVID. I think a lot of agencies are trying to redefine, you know, how you partner uh, and and sort of uh, putting a new stamp on, on their creative. We've seen also the trend toward uh, brands 
going through consolidations, sometimes at a portfolio level. What are you seeing and how does that inform where you're investing in the business? Yeah, I'll jump in here. I think at the end of the day, we're always investing in our clients. Whatever the factors are, the macro factors around consolidation, those of us who've been doing this a long time know that it's cyclical. They're going to go through consolidation. The consolidation ultimately leads to you know, some dissatisfaction because they don't have enough diversity of thought and they get back into a, a model that allows you know a bigger list of, of players to enter back into the building. So for us, the, the tension is not the consolidation pressures. That's, like I said, that's something that this industry goes through. We've seen it. I've seen it. I can't even tell you how many times across <laughs> so many cl- client enterprises <laughs> that I've, I've lost count. It goes back to exactly what Brian said. We are continuing to um, make sure that our emphasis is how do we show up and show that we're invested in our relationship with our with our clients? How do we show up and you know, host an innovation workshop for them, host a session for them to, you know, join us internally when we're having one of our, you know, big ideation, big idea sessions. So they feel a little bit inspired, Um, finding ways of sharing with them thought leadership on an active basis that we think is going to be important to have them think about what's happening more broadly. Um, Because, you know, having been a brand marketeer, the benefit of that is that your day in and day out is your brand. You live, you breathe, you wake up, you go to an MLR conversation, you come out of the MLR conversation, you go into a senior leadership conversation. It's all about the brand. So no one is living those brands more fully than the client marketeers. On the flip of that, what happens is you know you become very myopic. So the for us, the agency partnership is built on how do we continue to bring and influx their day with a moment of delight, a moment of, hey, this is a thought leadership piece we thought we'd find relevant. Having that person get on the phone, hey, can, can I connect you with the person who wrote this? Give me 30 minutes. Let's talk about it. And that's refreshing, right? So it's the little moments beyond the innovation workshops that we talked about, but also the places where you start to know your clients and get different folks in front of them and really help them feel like there was a moment of outside in perspective that brightened their day and also sort of broke up uh, maybe a different point of view on what's possible for them and hopefully inspires them to keep the conversation going. At the end of the day, it's about value creation and that's how we do it, no matter what the pressures, <laughs> consolidation <laughs> or not. <laughs> right, sure. Um what do you see as the next big thing in healthcare marketing? Brian, want to take a stab at that one? Oh, geez. There's a lot of, there's a lot of next big things. Um, well, I think I'll answer that two ways. I think, um, you know, out, even outside of healthcare marketing, let's just raise it up to marketing. I think we're, we're seeing a lot of continued investment, at least from our agency, in a work from anywhere culture. And so I think you're going to get a lot more opportunity to tap into talent across the marketing ecosystem from a lot of different markets, which also contributes to that diversity of thought that Anna was talking about. But I would also say too, I think, you know, I go back to that perspective we have from our consumer business, because it sort of sometimes feels like the consumer side of our business is almost 10 years ahead of pharma. And so there's a lot of different trends and insights and things that we can learn from that. And I think like, as Anna shared in the beginning, there's a huge investment right now in happening with like creator culture and how creators are coming in and being part of brands. And we're starting to see, I would say, the early days of that 
with health influencers. So you're getting more physician influencers. And, you know, there's been a couple campaigns and things we've had the privilege to work on. Um, there's a huge sort of influx around um, community and how do you get into some of these, you know, community groups to understand and get closer to the patient. I think a couple of years ago, you know, design thinking was a good way to start doing that and start learning about the patients. But how do you really contribute to being a part of that community? And, you know, I think in rare disease is, is an area that we're seeing a ton more investment there. And so for us, I think it's just, you know, staying close to what are the, the trends happening across marketing and that broader consumer landscape and how can we help that sort of bring that perspective to help pull pharma forward. Yeah. And tapping into that uh, collective uh, of influencers, certainly on the HCP and the patient side, um, helps you keep your work um, authentic um, from a, you know, even from just a um, market research perspective. Um, but, you know, it's, it's even more interesting when, you know, you, you, you seek to create a movement, you know, amongst uh, influencers uh, or, or led by influencers. Um, Anna, you want to kind of build on that? Yeah. What do you think is, is, is coming around the corner in healthcare marketing? Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think this is anything that's coming around the corner. It's just a basic tenet of really back to understanding your customer. And especially for the healthcare providers, we're getting more and more real in terms of how we engage them, the more you are able to get to a, a better communication and dialogue between what they can then carry through to their patient experience. So a huge part of you know what I think is going to continue to push us forward in healthcare is really just understanding that healthcare providers are people too. They want to be and educated, but they also want to be entertained. They are just as influenced by seeing their peers on the social channels as potentially their, their patients are as well. And recognizing that those are important vehicles for us to embrace in an appropriate, compliant way, of course, but very much in the spirit of understanding that if you're going to have an authentic conversation as a marketer, as a brand, that fundamentally has to come in showing up in the places that they are and speaking to them in a way that doesn't continue to sort of perpetuate this like data-centric jargon that we sometimes get caught up in with brands. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversation, even as a marketer, like, our data is great. Look at our data. We blah, blah, blah. Who cares, right? That the physician doesn't care about your 52% efficacy advantage to blah. They say they care in a market research setting, but when it comes to actual engagement, that is not what's going to draw them in. That is not what's going to create memorability. And frankly, I don't think that's where we are as an industry anymore. And time to to move past some of that. The other thing to more of a, to more of an emotional connection. Definitely an emotional connection. One, right? one of you know being authentic and finding folks that can deliver the right messages back to that framework of right content, and right time. Right, like not every stakeholder is going to hear the message. This even if it's the same message, sometimes about who's delivering the message. Are they ready to receive the message? How do you think about that mix in a very authentic way, um, and recognizing that. You know, it's not always going to be your sales rep that's going to have to do that. There might be other vehicles and ways to really break through and have a, a fundamentally constructive conversation, an educational conversation, a compliant conversation looking at different channels. Um, which is why I think the other big thing is, you know, who knows what the future sales model is going to look like? Who knows what the right mix between non personal and personal is going to be in, in 10 years? If you know you look at the data today, you're like, "Hey, looks like the time of the rep is gone." But then 
you also see in certain disease states that that's not the case. So I don't know that I can predict the future, but I'll certainly say that for us, back to you know building an authentic engagement with a customer and uh, with a healthcare provider, thinking of them from more that human centric lens. It's no surprise that you know they want to be spoken to not always through a rep coming into their office, through a video call, through other channels of getting the information they need. And that I think will be a continued trend within sort of the continuation of modernizing our marketing mix and engagement strategy within the healthcare space. Great. Thanks for looking into the crystal ball a little bit. (laughs) One last question uh, for you both before I let you go. This being the A100 studio sessions. Um, I have to ask you, what is the last song uh, each of you listened to? Uh, Brian, how about we start with you? Oh, man. I was uh, I was just jamming out as I was getting ready for this. Mine was uh, Superstition by Stevie Wonder. Oh, nice. So I did, I did some, something, <laughs> something about the bass line in that song. Just uh-huh. really love it. Yeah. Uh, not that I was superstitious at all about how this was going to go, but um, yeah, that's, uh, that's an all-time favorite. No, a very good uh, song to jam out on. Anna? Well... I'm in a house full of teenagers, so the last thing that was on <laughs> on our house was a little bit of Taylor Swift. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to say the Frozen soundtrack. But, no, uh, no, they're okay. older now, so here we they're are. Older now. Right, right, right. <laughs> My yeah, youngest is getting graduated. ready for her Taylor concert next week, and so we have uh, Taylor's uh, Midnight album on loop. I think half half of the time in this in our household. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice, great, great to see the kids uh kind of uh, growing more sophisticated in their musical taste yeah, exactly. that's, all right it's all taylor all the time Gosh. right yeah god help us yeah. we're uh we're uh paying attention to her following her her world tour going on right now i mean mark can we throw it back at you what was your uh last time? oh man um i i'm in a uh 90s hip-hop vein i recently tribe called quest they really really like their stuff heck yeah um, that's awesome they really had a really big influence uh so mark you surprised me with that answer well done <laughs> <laughs> it's a, that and the you know the soundtrack to fiddler but you know those two go together <laughs> oh man we're gonna have to lay down the track <laughs> i thought you were gonna say uh, house of pain next but okay <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's that's the next one <laughs> All right. This has been terrific. I really enjoyed this. Um, to that end, you know, as you both progress in, in your in your roles uh, and continue to live and breathe, you know, these pharma brands, I uh, hope we can have another conversation down the road. It'd be our pleasure. We'll Thank you that. for the time. Absolutely. Everybody out there, uh, we hope you've enjoyed uh, this conversation as much as we have. Um, come back for another one. This has been Mark Iskowitz along with Anna Kodis and Brian Simmons for MMM Studio Sessions. Take care, everybody.